ready to create and grow the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. A bigger audience, more impact, and a new revenue stream. We'll show you how. I'm Jenny Barcelos. And I'm Sandy Connery. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. everyone and welcome to episode 12 of the Soulful MBA podcast. Today's topic is all about gumption and I'm Jenny Barcelos. I'm joined with my co-host Sandy Connery. Hey Sandy. Hi Jenny. And we are really excited to talk about this topic with you all because it's sort of related to some of our previous topics like commitment and grit, but it's a wee bit different and something that we think is super important for entrepreneurship and we actually have some tangible lessons to teach you at the end of this episode, which we think you'll find hopefully meaningful and helpful in your business. So Sandy, right. this, this podcast was your idea. So I'm going to go ahead and let you start it off. And you have some interesting historical notes to share with us about the topic of gumption. So let's yeah, hit I it do. off. I do. So first of all, I just love the word gumption. I love the way it sounds. Uh, it's not a word that is used very often. And I think I'm, you know, hoping that th- this we podcast will make this gumption like the word for 2017 that's what that's the big oh, like, audacious like the color like the pantone yeah. color of green yeah uh-huh. or like the, you know like new words are kind of like trending yeah. you know yeah like adulting so gumption is kind of like that so i love the word because when i i looked up the definition in the dictionary merriam webster dictionary and it was it said shrewd or spirited initiative and resourcefulness mm-hmm. and i don't know that there's any better phrase to describe an entrepreneur it, it's a really old word, gumption. Back, it dates back to the early 1700s. It's English, Scottish, and because uh, I'm Canadian, I'm just going to bring that up. And it, the popularity is really low. It's like way down there of all the words in the English language. Gumption is not up there ranking. But I think I still love the concept of it for in speaking in terms of entrepreneurship. And, you know, just it means having that common sense and it used to mean strictly like courage and confidence, and then um, it combined with high energy, which again, I love that. Uh, so that's sort of the old English uh, definition of it. But in the early 1900s, uh, it became a little bit more popular word, and it kind of morphed into meaning tenacity in American English. And that's a word that you relate to much more as being tenacious or tenacity. Yeah. In fact, I sort of half lobbied to have this episode be called tenacity, but I wanted to let you have this one, Sandy. And I think gumption <laughs> is a beautiful little word. And so we can we can certainly use it. And just know that most of the literature on this topic, at least that I could find, is is on tenacity and being tenacious. So I'll say gumption and then you say tenacity and the listeners will just know we're talking the same thing. Yeah. we're ta- when, when one of us says one word, we're really meaning the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So why don't you tell us a little bit, Sandy, about why you thought this was an important topic for our audience? Yeah, I think that there's a need to recognize the the gumption that you have, that there is this part of you as an entrepreneur, if you've got these sort of ideas or twinklings of ideas of doing something online or starting your own business, that you really have to embrace your own gumption, you embrace your own tenacity. And that it is um, a finite resource and that it's going to dip and, you know, you'll have lots one day and you'll kind of wane the next. I think it's important to recognize that. But I think it's just in those moments of uncertainty or perhaps fear, just to remember to, you know, to 
pull out that gumption, to bring that gumption forward and take the action, take the initiative and make things happen. And I really love, if I can just read a quote, Jenny, Robert Persig, uh, who wrote the Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, he has the most beautiful description of it. He says that a person a person filled with gumption doesn't sit around dissipating and stewing about things. He says he, but I'm going to change it to she. She's at the front of the train of her own awareness, watching to see what's up the track and needing it when it comes. That's gumption. And I think that's just such, it's just beautiful, you know, for entrepreneurship that we're just not going to wait and be mad and angry and stew about things. We're going to like look forward. We're going to plan. We're going to attack, if you will. We're going to you know, use our intelligence and take action on things that need to be done. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's, it's related to grit from, you know, an earlier episode in the sense that when bad things happen or hard things happen or failures happen, that you can kind of pick yourself up and dust yourself off and do, you know, pivot or do something different. But it also implies this ability to meet things head on before they go bad. And I think right. to take on new initiative and, you know, for all intents and purposes, this, this word, another synonym for this is ballsy. We don't need to get into like the feminist critique of that word right now. But we're, you know, I just wanted to say it once. So you all like know that we know that that also means the same thing. And I, I think it means like being willing to go out and do something that you want because just because you, you want to see it take place in the world or you want to make it happen or you want to manifest it, even though you, you like might have a voice in your head that says, who am I to do this? Like what right do I have or what authority do I have to take action in this particular way? Um, the gumption part is just, or the tenacity or the ballsiness is just <laughs> like you use that skill to be like, well, who, you know, like I have just as much of a right to this as anyone. Yeah. And I, th I think there's a part of it that there may be people around you saying you can't, or you shouldn't, or don't bother, or you're, you're not going to fail. And that's really where that gumption needs to come from. It's like, no, I am going to do this. Like I'm going to be tenacious because I have a bigger vision, a bigger idea, and you may not understand it, but I am going to have the gumption to take this action. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it means bucking authority or rules or, mm -hmm. or yeah, you know, I think whatever. there's a bit of that to it. Yeah. 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 We love, we love a rebellious person. <laughs> Rebe oh yeah. Rebellion is key to all of, to entrepreneurship, I think. I mean, I think again, this is related to commitment and to grit and it just sort of takes it a step further and builds off of it. And, and it gives you sort of initiative to go ahead and, and do things and take action maybe before you're ready. So, mm -hmm. and, that, and that way it also relates to ambition, which we've talked about before. And I think, I don't know that there's any entrepreneur that doesn't have gumption, but you, I think it's also important to recognize that it's a, a reservoir of gumption and that you can deplete it. And yeah. so we also wanted to kind of talk about those moments of when you are feeling depleted and what, what you can do to kind of bring yourself up back to that full level of gumption, if you will. Yeah. So we've identified kind of five ways that you can restore gumption or, you know, add more gumption into your life as an entrepreneur or as an individual person in the world. And so we'll just sort of go through these one by one. The first one, the first kind of resource you can draw upon in order to add more gumption into your life is self-care. So I think if you're working from a depleted sense of self or depleted body or mindset or anything, your resources aren't all there for you to call upon in times of stress and hardship. 
So I think out of the two of us, Sandy, you are the self-care master way more than oh, I am. Well, um, and I know we both at times have really struggled with this versus like yeah. our community. All of you listening, like are probably yeah, far superior. Like we need to learn from you, which is why we sort of have a, a business in this niche. I think um, it's because we're so dramatically attracted to health and wellness because <laughs> we need it in our lives magnetically. But, but Sandy, why don't you just touch on the ways that you sort of care for yourself and protect yourself? I always love in our Facebook group on Wednesdays, we kind of have this sort of wellness theme on Wednesdays and we ask people what they do for self-care. And there's like these people that list all these amazing things. And I think, oh, oh, I should, I should probably take some notes here. But for me, I really love to do a morning meditation, journaling if I am really stuck, I just, I, I've said this a few times now, but I walk away. I just, I've never had a good idea sitting at the computer. So those ideas come on a run or a walk or being out in nature, just outside moving somehow. And then of course, um, yoga or Pilates or, you know, some kind of movement will always, always kind of get me unstuck. But as far as like having a an idea or, or trying to solve a problem. It rarely happens when I'm sitting still it's while I'm doing something else. And I think that right brain kicks in and I can solve a problem or come up with a unique idea in that situation. But I don't, I don't know that we need to go on too much on this because I think our audience is self-care masters teachers yeah, except for like the random like tech entrepreneur female founder that finds the podcast yeah and they're gonna be like oh, please tell me what <laughs> I do to take care of myself because I'm drowning in in difficulty and sadness and lack of sleep but yeah I mean I agree with you moving hiking being outside often that's what our community recommends to us so those of mm-hmm. you in soulful MBA are always like get outside do yoga go on a walk and that tends to work I'll also just add like, you know, eat well, like get enough sleep and eat well. And yeah, like, nourish. yeah, turmeric, like <laughs> have copious amounts of turmeric and ginger, golden and milk, golden milk. And, um, yeah, toddies, hot, hot lemon, ginger toddies, all of those <laughs> things. That's what that's, that's some way to give yourself the resources you need to take care of yourself so that when hard things happen or when you opportunities arise that you have the gumption to go ahead and dive in head first. Okay. So that's number one. So number two is to set goals that you can accomplish. And we talked about this before recording Sandy, because so often I found with folks that we've mentored and coached and consulted with that Um, When when they've set goals that were external to them, so like I'm going to raise $500,000 in the next two months or I'm going to have validated my next product idea by April 1st or, you know, whatever. Um, There's so much in those kinds of goals that's not up to you that like failure is is often imminent. Like those, you have to have the gumption to set those kinds of big goals. But at the same time, you're kind of setting the, in my mind, the wrong kind of goals. So a better way to do it is to say, like, rather than I'm going to raise $500,000 in the next two months, you say, I'm going to have 50 investor meetings in the next two months. And that's something that's a lot easier for you to control. And it's a lot more likely that you're going to raise your round in that time because you've you set yourself up to have all those meetings, right? And you're committed to that goal. And that goal leads to the other goal. Like, for example, validating a product idea or a business idea, you can say rather than I'm going to have my idea validated in my market by a certain date, you can say I'm going to have had 75 customer interviews or inquiries or conversations with my ideal clients or quintessential clients by this date. 
And that's something that's a lot more likely that you can accomplish. You're, you're sort of setting yourself up for success. You may not like necessarily reach the ultimate outcome by those dates, but you've reached this sort of interim milestone that you can control and it allows you to have kind of a win. So it's going to just be much easier for you to be um, tenacious about achieving that if, if it's like realistically up to you to achieve. Mm-hmm. Another example would be, you know, I want to reach a thousand followers on Instagram, which again, you can't really make happen, but you could do consistently post twice a day for the next three weeks. Yeah. Or like, yeah, exactly. Or, or you, you can say like, I want to get better at live video. So I'm going to commit to doing two Facebook lives or, you know, five Insta stories a week for the next five weeks or something where it's not about like how many followers you get or how many watches you get or something like that. It's much more about like what you can do for us, for our podcast, rather than having, you know, like download and listener goals, even though we like, (laughs) yay, podcasting. We also, what we focus on are we are going to release episodes on this particular schedule that we've identified and we're going to do our very best to record episodes that we think are valuable and meaningful for our community and follow this schedule that we put a lot of time into figuring out. Right. And so that's something that's a hundred percent up to us. And, you know, like if one of us gets sick or if one of us has to travel and leave our podcasting equipment behind and be unavailable for a few days, we work to like record at night or on the weekends or whatever we need to do to meet our goal. Cause our goal is really a hundred percent up to us, you know, short of like acts of God or <laughs> medical emergencies. Like even then we've allowed enough leeway so that we have the grace to sort of have those things happen and still meet our objective. Yeah. And I I think with goal setting, I always want to put a plug in for, um, you know, the mindset and the abundance and like, we do have some download goals, but they're, they're in our mind and we're aiming for them, but we're not feeling sad or mad or, you know, that we didn't reach them because we're, they're, they're there in our mind and we're aiming for them. But what we're actually measuring are the things that we can control. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. I mean, and we get happy with every like with every new email subscriber and every purchase and every new client and every success from an existing client, every download, like every one of those things is a joy, but we try not to focus on those numbers defining our success. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I, I mean, and I think this is a really easy thing to switch. Like if you, once you learn to do this as an entrepreneur and even as a person, it becomes a really, I, I think it has a measurable impact in your life and in your business when you can start to set yourself up for success that you can really predetermine. Um, because then you can take on like big, hairy, audacious goals and you know you can actually achieve them. Like once you start doing it, it's addictive. And and like you stop sort of giving other people or other entities the power over your ability to fulfill your goals. Okay, so that's number two. Again, set goals that you can accomplish and, and then, oh, the second part of this one, Sandy, we didn't talk about, which is then don't let yourself off the hook. Mm, Right. So that is the other element to sort of success. Like that we think is that one, you, once you're able to start creating these kinds of goals that are measurable, that, you know, are up to you to fulfill, then you stop letting yourself off the hook for not doing it. Like you keep your word. And we talked about this a lot in the commitment episode, which I think is episode three. So if you haven't heard that, you should go back and listen. But so often when we were setting goals as, you know, as we, as I mean, any random person, like when I am setting a random goal that is not up to me and then it doesn't come true or it doesn't work, I can be like, oh, well, it wasn't really up to me. Oh, well, you know, and sort of 
move on. And you know, that's nice to give yourself that grace, but at the same time, when you start setting goals that are up to you, then you best not be letting yourself off the hook when you fall short, right? Like we're not saying to be super hard on yourself, but I think so often, you know, we hear these voices, especially in health and wellness, like everything's okay. Just like go with the flow and, you know, don't, you know, um, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm getting into like trouble zone here by these, vo- when I get into these voices and I'm starting to like mimic people, I don't really know. But like, I, all I'm trying to say is don't let yourself off the hook when you make a commitment to yourself to do something and it's up to you, your success is up to you, then you need to stop letting yourself off the hook if you don't meet that goal. Mm-hmm. It's easy to do. It's easy to do, but that's, and we're going to come into accountability and one of the other points here, yeah. but Um, and also if you do have a team, same thing, if you have someone working with you, don't let them off the hook, right? These goals are important. They're going to move you forward. You've got a bigger dream in place and you need these step-by-step kind of to check these goals off. So don't let yourself off or any of your team off. Yeah. Yep. That's right. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is a tool designed to help you teach, train, and coach from anywhere on the planet. If you're a wellness professional looking to take your business to the next level, you can learn more at namastream.com. Number three is creative problem solving. So we actually, when we were researching, sort of putting together this episode and looking at the literature on tenacity, which again means gumption, gumption. <laughs> for purposes of our recording, we were reading over and over about how many investors actually consider tenacity to be the number one quality in entrepreneurs that they fund. And largely because of the fact that people who are tenacious are often like very, very creative problem solvers. So tenacious people typically, when they run into issues and roadblocks and hurdles and problems, they come up with new ways of solving them that no one, you know, would have ever predicted. And so the creative problem solving, I think is something that's a bit of a skill that you can learn. Like it's a muscle and something that develops over time. And part of it comes from confidence to kind of think, well, yeah, again, I have the right or the authority to kind of try something new and and test it. Um, and it also means you're going to run into a lot of stuff that doesn't work and you're going to have a lot of failures around that. But but like one out of every 10 times or 100 times or three times or whatever, what you try creatively is going to actually work. And like as you start to see those successes, you're going to be more and more brave. I think about applying your own creative ideas to existing problems. Mm-hmm. And I think that idea that it's okay to come up with a, some, a, a new solution, like a lot of people are afraid to, right? Like, well, no one's done this before, but I think, again, I would just call upon that gumption and go like, what else can I do? How can I meet that train coming on? Like what, just thinking outside the box. I think that's a really powerful, powerful idea. Yeah. And I think like within the solution of creative problem solving, there are actual solutions as well, like ways to practice that creative muscle. So um, we're going to talk about this with the joy in a little while, but like there are things that you can do to practice your creativity. Right. And we've talked about creativity before Mm -hmm. on other episodes. Like there are lots of classes you can take, like you can start doing art and making things with your hands, even not just making things. I just noticed we had a lot of fallen trees this winter and we don't have a lot of tools. Um, 
I don't have a garage in my house. And so we have like little hand tools and hand saws and axes and just this idea of like being out in the woods and like sawing a tree, like a fallen tree by hand with a little hand saw. Like there, I had so many ideas. It takes a long time to saw down a tree with a hand saw. And especially like if you're not like used to it and like, but just the fact of like physically grinding that tree down over the course of 45 minutes, like a, it's a really good arm workout and B like your mind works in different ways. It's connected to your body. And I know a lot of us know this from yoga and physical movement practice, right? Like a lot of stuff happens mentally and emotionally when we're doing physical practice. And I, I think, you know, but we become used to a certain routine, a certain way of moving our body. So even though we do things that are physical over and over again, if we have a consistent practice, like it's good to take yourself out of that and do something different with your body and make something or craft something or cut something down and just start to see what kind of creativity comes out of trying something new. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Okay. So Number those four. are, yeah, those are the top three. So again, self-care, setting goals that you can accomplish and creative problem solving. Those are the first three. And number four is capturing successes and then um, creating and celebrating heroes and legends. So capturing success. And I know Sandy, you love this one. I love this one. (laughs) So capturing success is just sort of taking a moment to pause and celebrate and acknowledge when you do have success even if it's something small. And I think a lot of us as entrepreneurs and a lot of us, those of you who are women who are listening tend to struggle with this. Like we, we often kind of brush off our successes or we will um, like give credit to other people or other forces who helped contribute to our success. And we don't necessarily like take a moment to really celebrate and acknowledge the hard work and effort that went into building something or accomplishing something. They're not good enough. They're not big enough. Nobody cares. Like there's all sorts of, you know, reasons that we won't take the time to celebrate. Yeah. Or I I know like I could have done better. Yes, this is good, but it could be mm-hmm. better is, is like my go-to standard, like never quite as proud as I could be. And I know Sandy, like with your, with what you do, you're often brushing it aside as like, I, mm-hmm. you know, there's insecurity around success. Yeah. I think a lot of us have that. So you know, again, we're also working on this ourselves. Like I, I think number four is something we need to work on both of us and hold each other accountable to, but, um, but it's something to just know that's important for cultivating that gumption or tenacity in yourself is to start to really celebrate when you do have success. And the other piece to this is celebrating heroes and legends. And we think our, having heroes and following heroes and acknowledging heroes is really important. We actually, episode number two of our podcast is all about our own personal heroes, And I think that this, if you don't, I mean, we all have heroes, right? But what, what this, um, what this sort of rule is calling us to do is to really celebrate those, those people and their ideas and, and like acknowledge them constantly and sort of remember who those people are and what they're, what they've accomplished or what they are accomplishing as a sort of way to motivate us to do it. I think to the heroes in our lives, like it can come from, you know, blog posts that we read or, or podcasters or somebody on Instagram, like Pat Bailey for, for me, I think for you too, is a, is a superhero of Instagram. I just, I can't get enough of her and her feed. Um, but it also can come from pop culture and, and, 
and characters in movies or or Beyonce uh, like, is a hero right for so many people yeah right like to me it's like Princess Leia is my one of my heroes like that whole character of being like a a female smart intelligence you know princess warrior that's an archetype that I really relate to and so even though she's not a real person but just that idea you know like and I think it's super important for for little girls to have those kind of heroes and stories and legends and myths but I think to surround yourself frequently with your heroes and to just soak it in, soak in their thinking and their, you know, like reading, reading their words and sort of analyzing them that they had the gumption to, to, to write that. Yeah. Like I would never write that. She had the gumption to write that. Like that is super inspiring to me. So I think to constantly reflect you know, going return to those heroes and reading and finding new ones. There's always new ones coming out. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And it's sort of when you see someone else having written something like that, like what you're just describing, a story or a fairy tale or something that is really meaningful to you, then it sort of gives you permission to try right. yourself, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's really important. I think those go together. So to celebrate your own success, but then constantly be also looking to your heroes for how they've lived their right kind of their success and looking, looking at those people as examples to give you permission Mm -hmm. to keep going or to like take it to the next level yourself. Right. And I think this is just sort of a a personal aside is that I have been like personally really inactive on Instagram just because I don't really know what, didn't know what to do. And I've just taken it in the last even two weeks, like I'm going to find uh, a little bit of me and, and put it out there proudly. And it's not perfect, but of course it's not perfect. But it's this act of like celebrating those small successes, whether it is, you know, a piece of art or celebrating a beautiful hour with my dog in the sunshine, or it's a new podcast that we just launched, you know, like I'm using Instagram to try and do that for myself personally. And I watch others on Instagram all the time and I see their successes and their failures and their frustrations. And I especially love when they talk about their frustrations. I watched somebody write a book and her, I remember she like posted dishes everywhere because she was writing a book and her kitchen was a mess because she had another focus. And I just, I love that. So I'm trying to experiment a little bit personally with, with Instagram and this whole concept to, to, you know, celebrate those little tiny steps that I make in my life. I love that. I'm, I'm enjoying your post. I'm looking forward to See, it. See, I'm like, okay, I won't go into the self-sabotaging talk here, but I'm like, oh, okay. Anyway. It's brave, right? Like all of, it's brave. All of you all who are posting Gumption. personal things out there on the internet, it's brave. I am not quite comfortable with that, but myself yet, but I would like to get into a place where there, there's a space where I feel comfortable personally sharing like that as well. I mean, I think this, this for me is the same thing as what you're describing to, for us mm-hmm. to, to do this podcast and to be right. kind of this honest and raw with who we are and what we believe because we think it might help some other people. You know, that's, that's to me is a, is kind of a really big risk, but I'm, I'm proud of us for doing it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so then number five out of sort of like tactics for building gumption and tenacity for yourself and your business is really community and accountability. So this feeds into some of the other ones that we talked about. But, you know, it's really challenging, I think, to be brave in a vacuum. (laughs) Like bravery is sort of a communal exercise. Like it requires you and gumption, like taking things on and doing something outside the box. Like it's much easier to do with a group of peers who are cheering you on. 
So you're just sort of setting yourself up for success when you have community and accountability and people who are kind of on the same wavelength as you and on the same path as you. Um, and, you know, community and accountability are key to a lot of the a lot of the kind of tenants in our podcast so far. And this is no different. And and this is like not just taken you know, from our own mind, like we, we did read literature on this topic and we did kind of read blog posts and like business articles about this topic in, in order to sort of prep for this, in order to give you all like the best resources that we could. And, and like, this is a common theme that comes up over and over again, is that people who are going to be better at like problem solving on teams and who are going to be better risk takers in business all sort of have this attribute that they have some sort of community and or accountability. So maybe it's just one other person that you're comfortable with and sharing kind of your journey as an entrepreneur with, or maybe it's a whole group of people in a giant Facebook group. Um, But I think one or both of those are pretty important if you want to set yourself up for success. That community is where you can celebrate those small successes and they will just totally get it and celebrate with you. Like we had a client uh, who had their first sale this week online. And she was so excited. And she's like, it's nothing. It's just small. But oh my, you know, she was so excited. And it's only the people that can, like, I don't know what's happening in her own life. Like maybe she doesn't have support to do this, but the community that's around her was amazing to watch. Like just that, you know, even if it's your, you'll never forget that first sale, right? Like it's so, so exciting. So I was really happy of our community, how we kind of surrounded her. And then accountability that you get with the with the uh, community is a really big part of not letting yourself off the hook, right? To go and say, "Oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do that." It's hard. Like I, I don't want to disappoint anybody. I want to, if I'm going to do it and I say it, then I want to announce it at the end of the week that, yeah, I did this. I finally did this, and it's just inspiring to watch others. I just, I that really, really motivates me to see others doing what I want to do or what I want to achieve, or yeah taking the risks. Yeah, I so. think I think and it, and it makes it seem possible, right? When you start mm-hmm. to see other people do it, you feel so excited for them and you know, I know for us in in some of our circle Sandy that some of our friends online like who have started when we started are having really really massive success mm-hmm. and it's super exciting to watch and and to be a part of and to share with them. And and the other thing I'll just add just personally around accountability is like I I obviously have accountability to you, which again, I thrive sure in partnership. Do. And you sure do. You have accountability to me. And if I don't do something, I have Sandy slacking me like, when are you gonna have this done? Jenny, when is this gonna get turned in? Like when can I when are you gonna post this? Are the podcast <laughs> notes done? Yeah. I'm always asking yeah. you. And so like we have that, but you know, when I was first starting Namastream, I had an accountability partner in the software space and, um, he's a wonderful man named John. Hey John, if you're listening, <laughs> I'll send you this episode cause I'm talking about you. And we talked twice a week and I had Kennedy with, my daughter was a tiny little baby and I would often do my like quintessential client calls and interviews with studios and studio owners during her nap time. And there were definitely days when I was so tired, right? New mom and wanted to take a nap or take a shower or like prepare, you know, a nice soup or something for dinner. And I used basically every single nap time for, you know, six months to do something that was really hard for me as an introvert, which is to get on the phone and and like talk to strangers about their business. That takes gumption right there. That's gumption. (laughs) That's like any cold calling. It's gumption, pure gumption. That in and of itself is gumption. But 
but I did it because of accountability, because I had this like very, this person I really respected who, who, who we had an agreement with each other about what we were going to accomplish, you know, over the course of a week. And we checked in twice a week and he was giving me like two hours a week of his time to hold me accountable and vice versa. Right. And I didn't want to do something that was disrespectful of his time. And so things that I maybe would have gave into out of like laziness or exhaustion and not done, I I made different choices because I had someone who I knew was going to kind of hold me accountable and call me out on it if I didn't follow through with what I was supposed to do that week. And I know a lot of us have had accountability partners, but I just, I can't emphasize enough how important it was for me when, especially when I was just getting started. And even like now, Sandy, I, I mean, there's so much I wouldn't do if I didn't have a team waiting for me. And Mm -hmm. I didn't have like a client, like if I didn't have all these people that were counting on me, I sure I want to, I want to go hiking today. It's not raining for the first time in like six months outside. It's not like icy rain. And I would have a nap. (laughs) Yeah. Lie down. Right. Like I just look outside and I see mountains and forests and man, I can get down to the trail in six minutes from my house and I want to go hiking. And, you know, and some, there's some element of self-care there too, right? Like some days you need to do that, but when you have a commitment and you have certain things you need to do in your business or, you know, in your life, then you, then you have accountability, you need to follow through. So, you know, for what it's worth, I think it's super important. Absolutely. You can't, uh, yeah, you, you need it. You absolutely yeah. need it. And that's why I think we get so many comments on our Facebook group, right? Like they love surrounding themselves by people doing what they're doing and they get, they get the accountability they have to report in. So, yeah. Okay. Let's dive into the joy and hustle. Okay, Sandy, we're going to start with joy. Sandy's going to have some gumption here and share something very personal about our joy. Oh, okay. I had to get talked into this. So the joy for this episode is going to be around doing something that is scary. And for me personally, this was art, drawing, pencil sketching, and I just tried it and I loved it and I can't stop doing it. And now that's what I'm posting on Instagram. And but what it's done though, is like, it took a whole lot of gumption to share it with you, Jenny, to share it with our designer and to put it out there in the world, because I don't feel qualified. I've had, I don't know, 10 drawing lessons in my life. I started in January. Who am I to put that out in the world? Right? Like, it's just, it, it it's ridiculous to me on in some deeper level, that's what's, that's what's saying, but I'm doing it. And it's, it feels really good to, to, to step into some new and creative space. So what is it that you've wanted to try creatively that you're just too afraid to do or think that you're fail, that you'll fail or that you're not good enough. So I would challenge everyone to kind of step into that creative space and do something that is scary, but, and takes a lot of gumption to go forward. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to point out, Sandy, that you are immeasurably talented as an artist. And, you know, not even if you weren't, I still think that it's a good thing for you to do, but you are. And so I think let's just acknowledge that. And I think the fact that you're making your work public is such an act of bravery because it's it's going to allow and inspire other people to do the same thing with putting their own work out there. So Yay for gumption and yay for your art. And <laughs> yay for just so you know, we are we have some really exciting, fun things planned with to do with Sandy's artwork, and you'll all see that soon. Okay, so our hustle. I want to share something 
that is related to this, related to strategy number four, which is celebrating heroes and legends. And we've talked about Shonda Rhimes a little bit before. I can't remember which episode we talked about, or maybe episode like three or something, two or three. But her year of yes book is is one of our has been one of our joys before. And I want to share that the hustle is I am planning some time this summer to take her screenwriting for television class. And I actually have no desire to to write something for TV at this point in my life. But writing is something that is sort of like your drawing, Sandy. It's, it's uh-huh. like Sandy's drawing for me. I love it. And I have like, it's just a hobby and something that I want to do. And I love her. And so to me, I feel like when I'm reading or taking classes with someone who I really respect creatively, I learn a lot about myself. I learn new skills, but I also learn new ways of thinking about the world. And so she has a masterclass. I don't know if you all are familiar with masterclass, but it's this like really, really cool platform that has like teach, like learn screenwriting with Aaron Sorkin or Shonda Rhimes or learn comedy with Steve Martin or learn like tennis from Serena Williams. Like they're learn cooking from Gordon Ramsay. It's like these like mm-hmm. top people in the whole world and they teach a class. You know, they're just, they're, they're sort of like a basic online class, except for I think they're really well-produced sort of Hollywood style. And for me, it's a super indulgence to do it. Like it doesn't fit into like anything I need to do, but I have it on my schedule for my summer to do screenwriting with this woman that I totally admire and look up to. So, I, I think that's amazing. Like I want to take tennis with Serena Williams. I know you should do it. You should totally do it. <laughs> I could have a badass with gumption right there. <laughs> but I, and I, they're really reasonably priced yeah, too, right? Yeah, I think right? it's like, like 90. I, the Shonda Rhimes class isn't actually released. It hasn't been released yet, but it, I know you can pre-order it for $90. So maybe some of you can take it with me. We can like start a Facebook group and share our little like screenwriting with each other. But yeah, I mean, they're all, I think they're like, once they actually go live, they're like a hundred dollars us. So it's not, it's mm-hmm. really very affordable, I think, to get that kind of quality education. So yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's something to look into, look into masterclass. That's a hustle. Try to spend some time with your heroes. And maybe it's just like reading a book somebody wrote, right? It doesn't need to be an online class. It doesn't need to be online at all. It can be, you know, like going and learning from someone in your own community, like, a faith leader or, you know, whomever, but just try to spend some time, whether virtually or in real life with, with someone you admire, who is very professional about their work and has accomplished a lot. And I think, you know, just, just notice like your own creativity and your own level of gumption and tenacity as you start to take some of these things on. Yeah. Yeah. That's gumption. Sandy's uncomfortable because we <laughs> talked about right, her drawing. But anyway, okay. Well, thank you all for joining us for episode 12 of our podcast. We're really enjoying this. If you like what you're hearing, we would absolutely love for a subscribe and an honest review on iTunes. And with that, we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Soulful MBA is not just the name of our podcast. It's also the name of our premium business course and community. If you are a wellness entrepreneur who dreams of growing your business online, but you're not clear on your next steps and you wish you had someone to guide you, then we've got something for you. Get Soulful MBA's first syllabus and three free video lessons by heading over to soulful.mba sample.